0: for all of your home buying needs, your home selling needs. She's just flat out awesome. I encourage you to read reviews from folks. You'll see their detailed reviews about the experiences they've had. I know she did a tremendous, for two years, she stuck by, by Sarah. and Her husband, to find the absolute perfect home, did not give up. I think even at times when Sarah was, in her mind, giving up, Emily did not. Um I've I've had her show me a home in the past and one of the things I really like about her is she's realist. You could tell she's not simply trying to sell you a home. She finds out what you're looking for and and you know there were certain things that I look for and and was wanting and when I had her show me a home it was one we weren't really necessarily looking for a new home but there was one that we had come across or I'd come across and I thought you know kind of interested in looking at this, and and so uh, we went uh, to the home, and this was a couple of years ago, and she knew that there were certain things that we really liked and wanted if we ever got a new home, and she was the first one to say, now, it doesn't have this. You know, you need to keep that in mind, and, and you know, well, it does have this. You're looking for that, so point being is she's, she's really good. She's kind of like your conscience. Uh, there that's reminding you that hey here are the things that you've said you wanted and you got to keep in mind that this home does not have that and so she certainly isn't going to talk you out of buying a home but she's going to be there to best direct you based off of what you have told her you're looking for that's what you get that level of integrity and honesty with emily johnson house theory realty coming up uh we're gonna we're having an author of the week that we've actually aired before but i wanted to air it for a couple reasons one it's um, Christmas season, and while this isn't specifically Christmas, it is about Jesus, which of course is related to Christmas. And it is one of the author of the weeks that we have done that I received the most feedback, and I just think it is an extremely, extremely Important subject matter. And the author uh, that we'll be talking with in uh, just after we get the news and weather here, Jason Jimenez. And the book is Hijacking Jesus How Progressive Christians Are Remaking Him and Taking Over His Church. Uh, If you haven't heard this one, then definitely continue to listen. And if you have, I know that you're going to want to hear it again just because of the feedback I got. And a huge thank you to ABC Books on North Glenstone for making it possible for us to have Author of the Week. From Color Ten and Vox 49, I'm Jesse Inman. Springfield police are investigating two unrelated shootings from overnight. Around 1230 a.m., an argument broke out between two people near the 1400 block of East Kearney. One person was shot and drove themselves to the hospital. SPD is working to locate a suspect. Minutes later, SPD responded to a call about an unrelated shooting on Hamilton near Kansas Expressway. A house was hit by several gunshots. No one was injured, and police are still gathering suspect information. The Springfield community and entertainers across the country are mourning the loss of Kenny DeForest, a Kickapoo graduate who became a well-known comedian. According to the New York-based Brooklyn paper, DeForest died Wednesday after being hit by a car while riding his bike last weekend. He appeared on Late Night with Seth Meyers and other national comedy stages. From Color 10 and Fox 49, I'm Jesse Inman. First alert forecast, sponsored by Wolf pack cleaners, your residential and commercial cleaning professionals from meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunny 57 today, mostly cloudy tonight, down to 42, mostly cloudy tomorrow with a high of 56. Sarah Myers.
1: Thank you. Well, you know, the world, it's its kind of a crazy place right now. And I kind of went through that realization that I needed to be better prepared to protect myself and my family. If I ever found myself in in that situation where I had to. And that's how my relationship started with Brad and his team down there at Quick Draw Gun in Monette. And I love to recommend them, especially if you are wanting to purchase your first firearm. You know, sometimes there can be... uh like certain characteristics whenever you go to a gun shop and it can make you feel intimidated or kind of makes you want to turn away. But that is not the case with quick draw gun. The staff there, they completely understand that you have to start somewhere and they take the time to get to know you, uh, what you're looking for. And then they can also give you some educational tips as well uh, to really feel prepared for your first firearm. So if that is the type of shop that you're looking for, I recommend Quick Draw Gun. Now, in the meantime, if you have any questions for Brad and his team, uh, you can find all of their contact information under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com.
0: Author of the Week, sponsored by ABC Books on North Glenstone. up next. 1041. My name is Nick Reed, and it is Thursday, which means it's Author of the Week Day, sponsored by ABC Books on North Glenstone. And I want to welcome author Jason Yaminez with us this morning. And the book is Hijacking Jesus, How Progressive Christians Mm -hmm. are Remaking Him and Taking Over His Church. Jason is the a founder and president of Stand Strong Ministries, faculty member at Summit Ministries, and a best-selling author, national speaker, specializing in biblical worldview training, family ministry, and church leadership. And there's a, a website, and I'll remind everyone at the end again, in case you want to visit it, IWillStandStrong.org and then StandStrongMinistries.org as well. And now that we have all of that out of the way, of course, you've been the author of numerous books. Um, what made you decide to write Hijacking Jesus?
2: Well, first, Nick, thank you for having me on. And I, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I thank you for, for you know, just motivating people to you know get Christian books, right, to help people become biblically literate and to sharpen their biblical worldview, which is precisely why I wrote the book. In all my travels engaging people, there's been this stirring up of deconversions, people who've walked away or no longer believe the quote-unquote, you know, like air quotes, traditional Christianity. What they mean by that is that what they've been taught about Jesus in the Bible to believe that the Bible is the authority of God's Word, that Jesus came uh, to die on the cross for our sins, and that he rose again physically and literally. A lot of people who are professing to be These reinvenerated or reinvigorated Christians or progressive Christians, they deny those teachings that are foundational to the historic Christian faith. And so the more that I was engaging older people and talking to younger people and grandkids and adult kids and teenagers, you're seeing this progressive ideology of Jesus, which has become a hijacking, and they're seeking out conservative Bible-believing Schools and churches to indoctrinate them with what they believe to be the true Jesus. And that's why I wrote this book.
0: I think there are a lot of Christians who, uh, when they hear uh, the terminology hijacking Jesus or they hear references to, um, you know, maybe Jesus being invoked in a political context, they think that. Uh, oftentimes uh, individuals that maybe aren't even Christians, they will point to certain political issues and say, well, you know, if Jesus were alive today, he would do this and he would do that. But in fact, in, in hijacking Jesus and how progressive Christians are remaking him and taking over his church, it's, I, I don't know if the word is subtle. It's not as clear and obvious, I, I'd say, as I think a lot of people assume.
2: Yeah, so like my, my, when you say the politicization, you're right in that, and that's where a lot of times I think people are fixated. And so what ha- what happens oftentimes is Christians see what they believe to be something that runs contrary, like a social justice movement, mm-hmm. and they placate it with Jesus and put Jesus front and center. You know, Jesus would have wore masks. Jesus would have done you know his booster shot. Jesus would be <laughs> marching with BLM. That sort of, sort of thing, right? Well, that's more of the imagery of portraying Jesus as a woke inclusive teacher, right? That he embraces all views, all sexuality, all lifestyles that he he did not come to condemn people in their sin, uh, but he embraced people uh, you know with inclusivity, with love and peace and joy. Now, those are partial truths. What I show the hijacking that goes way deeper than that, that actually leads to that type of uh, announcement is that they reject progressive Christianity does not believe in the divinity of Jesus, that he is fully God. They do not believe in the virgin birth, his atonement, that he came and died on the cross for our sins. They don't believe in the second coming. And therefore, they don't believe in a literal, physical resurrected body. Therefore, as a Christian, right, they don't believe that we will one day have uh, full redemption and receive our resurrected bodies. Um, And so when you look at the heart of that, Nick, what you have is you have a hijacking. Because in place of that, they strip Jesus of his divinity and his miracles, right, and his purpose of coming into this world to die on the cross for our sins, to you know, to bring us from alienation to restoration. And instead, they mask Jesus into this liberator, into, into this crusader who is a socialist and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And more or less, that becomes a humanistic person that has been built and basically publicized and politicized by people, by individuals. And that is a true hijacking that is taking place, not just in the political realm, but in the heart of churches now today. And my heart and passion desire is not just to inform about this taking place, but to really help Christians truly know and be captured and captivated by the love and passion and forgiveness of Jesus that's illuminated in the authority of Scripture.
0: We are talking with Jason Jimenez, author of Hijacking Jesus, How Progressive Christians are Remaking Him, Taking Over His Church. It's always struck me, even before I really began to get a, a uh, more, um, well, better understanding as to this particular subject matter. I, it, there were certain churches that I'd say are a little more obvious in this category, and and I saw it as very appealing to Um, what I would call the instant gratification Christian or Mm. maybe even the lazy. Like, all you have to do is be a good person. That's it. That's really all that there is. I mean, Jesus taught love and kindness. And as long as you are a, quote, good person, then you are fulfilling what it is you need to do in order to get into heaven. Is that an overly simplistic view of this?
2: I mean it, it is in a sense that you're right, that the that the, that what's happening is the masses of individuals who have grown up in a very watered-down, right, uh, with no doctrine and with no foundational historical theological significance of Christianity, that's how they placate Christianity. It's just about moralism. And so yes, to your point, Nick, what has happened though, over time is that when you do have deeper thinkers and, – and this is what I charted back in the book because this was important – Making the distinction, obviously, for people to understand, here's what progressive Christianity affirms, and this is where, where they differ with biblical Christianity, right? And as I said, the hijacking is on the divinity of Jesus all the way to his second coming. But like you said, is one of the things that has taken place with this, like, hey, look, Jesus was a person of peace. Jesus didn't call people out of their sin. Uh, Jesus was not about, you know, these binary issues like you traditional Christians do with your rigid doctrine. Now, that's not just an oversimplification. What that is, that those are caricatures. That's a mischaracterization of not only Christianity, but first and foremost of Jesus. And so I think it is, re- it is incumbent upon Christians, just like we see uh, in the early church, is that we have to address those falsities. We have to address them uh, pointedly with love. But we have to correct people uh, with this radicalization of how they're painting Christianity because, again, just as you know, when you build up a straw man of an argument and you can therefore easily tear it down, um, that doesn't prove anything. It doesn't and It doesn't even prove your point, point. and progressive Christians are very good at doing that. They build a straw man against uh, traditional Christianity they say, but when you really look at the heart of what they're doing they're actually taking Jesus in Christianity historically out of its proper context. And so over time, people, they, when they become apathetic or they're not really challenging in their, in their critical thinking skills are lacking. um, This is where they can become, you know, a, uh, a victim, if you will, of, of, of a false gospel. And so my heart's desire is to really address that. So whether it's apathy or laxity uh, or fear, we really need to draw uh, attention to this because, it, as I talk about in the book, Nick, it has spiritual implications attached to it. Because if Jesus truly is just, like you said, you know, from the progressive model, he's just a socialist. He was just a liberator. He was just trying to reform Judaism or overtake uh, Roman imperialism, but but failed. And his disciples started a religion in honor of him. if that's all it is, then guess what? We're going to be dead in our sins. Yeah. And there's hell. There's eternal damnation and so I love people enough to speak the truth and love to let them know who Jesus truly is.
0: I I know that a lot of our audience, we we have Christians and, and Christians that seek out the truth. We also have a, a significant number of uh, those intellectually curious, and those two things together I think are completely and totally awesome. And so I, I know a lot listening right now, they may wonder, "Uh oh, well, wait a minute. What if <laughs> what if I'm in one of these churches? What if these are the messages mm-hmm. that I'm hearing? And I'm sure there's not, you know, this official list where, oh, if you hear this, that's exactly what this means. But you, you mentioned straw man arguments and things that are probably effective oftentimes that progressives use. Um are there any that you, you see that are real common that if people are hearing these messages from the pulpit that maybe they should look a little further into this and and uh, have a little bit of intellectual curiosity at play?
2: Oh, absolutely. And that's a great question. I'm glad you asked it because, yeah, at the heart of it I get pastorally, you know, is to come alongside and let people say, you know, let people know, like, hey, when people say certain things that you that may – uh, draw you to question or make you feel a little uncomfortable. What are some of those? So this will help your audience, uh, Nick. Number one, it's how they view truth. See at the heart of progressive Christianity and a lot of liberal churches is they're postmodern, meaning you know that objective truths don't exist. And so your faith journey, what you believe about the Bible or other religions, and most of them are religious pluralists, so jesus or christianity is just one path of many that's a red flag they have to so be careful if you're in a church that they're teaching that type of thing like like absolute truth or dogmatic to say that jesus is the only way truth and life and no man no man comes to the father except through him if they deny that that's heresy that you know so be careful with that number 2 is their view of god and most progressive christians believe that the universe is God, as God is in the universe. That's known as panantheism. Or they may take a deistic view that God created the universe, but He's not really involved in the affairs of the universe. Okay, that's very dangerous. If another area in the church they're teaching that the Bible uh, has been corrupted, and you really can't trust the inspiration or the or or to buy into this infallibility. That writers hijacked it through the centuries to make Jesus more of a godlike character. If that church is teaching that or saying Jesus never called out these particular sins, and if you just look in Mark chapter eight where Jesus clearly calls out sin that defiles a person, and yet they misinterpret that or say that's not the case, we are to take the Bible metaphorically. That is a major red flag. And then the last thing I'd say when it comes to Jesus, if, if like we were we were just talking earlier. If Jesus is more just a woke teacher, if he's just more of a liberator or a revolutionist or another portrayal that progressive Christians have of Jesus is that he was a Jewish mystic. So they teach a lot of mysticism, and that's how they interpret the spiritual symbolism in the Bible. Those are all red flags, which ultimately then leads – and this is what predominantly a lot of people are facing today – is social gospel. And the social gospel is that humans are not born in sin. What we have to do is rid the world from oppressors, and we need to fight for unity. We need to fight peace and justice. Well, the question is, if there is no ultimate standard of justice, then who determines that? So if the the church is about that, and they're not about that we've been – that we fall short of the glory of God, and it's only through Jesus Christ that we could be redeemed, that is not only a red flag, I would tell those people to leave that church because they are teaching things that are not uh, in, in support or that affirm the Scriptures.
0: Well, and and that leads to my next question, uh, which you answered here, I suppose, to some degree, and and that is people, they hear this, and maybe they've been going to a church, and that's the church that they know, and then they realize, uh, oh, I'm I'm being misled here, but they feel lost. They have no idea where to go. What what do you recommend?
2: Well, one, praise God for the work you're doing, because if they can trust the outlets that are in their community, where you guys are pointing them to the truth— then they can contact you guys if if they find out that they're like an awoke church or they're an inclusive church or you know the church has the rainbow and and they're making Jesus out to be, you know, someone other than being fully God and fully man. Uh, number one is is to know that um, leave the church. Now I always recommend people that if it's that outright, then it's really not going to do any good for you to in love uh, address it to the leaders, especially if they've publicized it over and over again, like many of the churches have done. And I reported on this. Uh, matter of fact, probably a friend of your show, Elisa Childers, who's a friend of mine, she wrote another gospel. Uh, she, you know, she was in the music industry for years, and and as she started growing her faith, she found that her and her family were actually attending a progressive church, and she was actually going through discipleship classes under this particular pastor. And there were a couple things that the pastor would say. Sometimes in passing, and it just didn't sit right. And then good for Elisa, she would actually go and look in Scripture and figure out the truth, like Bereans in Acts seventeen eleven. So if somebody finds themselves in that situation where they've done their research, they've looked at the Word of God, and they see that this church that they were a part of for so long, where their, their kids have grown up in, maybe it's even – I talked to people, Nick, who go to a church where their schools attached to it. Um, and they're kind of going with you know more white fragility or, or you know Jesus isn't the only way type thing, and they're trying to be all-inclusive, um, I recommend that they actually find a mentor couple, somebody that they can trust maybe because here's what happens. Inevitably, they start looking back and saying, oh, that's when, let's say, the Rogers family left or that's when the Smith family left. And then I encourage people to reach out to those previous members of the church and, and ask if you can come over or have coffee to really – find out why they left and where they're at now. And that we're seeing that happening a lot when these takeovers have taken place, uh, when people are kind of sabotaging these churches that once professed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and then are now being dismissive of that and are advancing LGBT uh, critical race theory issues, right? Making Jesus out to be a liberator rather than the Savior. And what's happening is a lot of them are turning to one another in their community and saying, show us the way. And you know what? That's very biblical, and that's what I encourage people. Christian radio station, a great solid website. They can go to org. They can email us through our website. We have a series of churches that we affirm that are Bible-believing churches that we support um, that can help them you know, get plugged in. So those are ways that people um, can find answers if they find themselves in a progressive church.
0: And I would ask, uh, finally, with our Author of the Week, Jason jimenez A lot of people that listen to this show, to this station, they have kids, they have grandkids, and they worry about them. I think that just because of different media outlets that young people are more in tune with, it makes them easier to connect to or target by progressive churches. And, and so their parents, grandparents, they don't really know how to communicate with them. It, would you tell us um, about I Will Stand Strong, this movement that you launched back in 2018?
2: Yeah, um, that's a great point to kind of lead into as a call to action. If people find themselves in that, in that situation, the I Will Stand Strong. I, I partnered with uh, two Christian entrepreneurs who are heavily involved um, in kingdom building and not just in the corporate world but also in education and in churches, the, the Benham brothers, David and Jason Benham. And we partnered with UVersion and we created a 30 day challenge where we've had tens of thousands of young people and youth groups and college ministries go through together. And the idea, Nick, is to help you know, and this is something that we've even used when somebody comes and says, Hey, you know, I'm struggling with my relationship with my son or my daughter, you know, they've gone to college and you kinda of hear that story, they deconverted from Christianity, they no longer believe, how do I engage them? Um, We have a resource called Challenging Conversations that if they look me up, Jason Jimenez on Amazon, you can get that. That's a great book to help them dialogue and engage. But also, we've also recommended through the I Will Stand Strong movement for them to really consider doing that 30-day challenge with that grandchild or with that adult or teenage child. And it teaches them how to learn to love God learn to depend on God's word and also to live in community. And so it's been a helpful tool. Again, you taught, you were saying earlier how to engage people even beyond a paper book, right? How do you reach them on social media? And the great thing with you version, as we know, everyone pretty much has that app. Um, you know, and you can access it right there on your phone. and You can go through the 30 day challenge that we do with, I will stand strong. And it's been a great tool to really not just get the conversation going with people who are struggling or doubting, but also to help people to grow stronger in their faith in general.
0: Well, I thank you so much uh, for being with us for the book. Jason Jimenez, the book is, again, Hijacking Jesus, How Progressive Christians are Remaking Him and Taking Over His Church, this book, and all others that our sponsor, of course, for Author of the Week, ABC Books on North Glenstone. Springfield's Talk 1041, i I'm Nick Reed. traffic update tomorrow is friday we have a first responders breakfast barker frame and collision pyramid roofing company and scramblers all coming together to purchase breakfast for first responders if you are a first responder then you will get free breakfast tomorrow at scramblers 6-8-9-a by St. Clair of the Ozarks, home improvements from Color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt, sunshine 57 for a high today, mostly cloudy tonight, down to 42 and mostly cloudy tomorrow with a high of 56. Don't forget as you're out and about, you may be driving down Golden and or Weaver, hit that intersection, you be like, look at that. Look, there's a big Oller sign, O-L-L-E-R. I'm just going to take a look at that little neighborhood there. That is the Woodvale subdivision. 17 to 3,100 square feet homes, three to five bedrooms, builder incentives if you are in the market for a new home. And by new home, I mean, you don't want to do any remodeling. You don't want to buy a home that someone else has lived in because you're going to change out the carpet. You're going to have to do this. You want it to be the way you want it from day one. Then I recommend you check out the Woodvale subdivision, Golden and Weaver. All our building company with them. You find that home you like and then all in one location. You pick out the things that make the house the home. Countertops, backsplashes, fixtures, doorknobs, everything that gives it your personality all in one location. That is Aller Building Company O-L-L-E-R. It is becoming increasingly clear that the establishment of the Republican Party believes that they can regain control with Nikki Haley. This is all becoming into focus. Now, the great frustration that the Republican Party has had since Trump decided to run for the nomination and then the presidency is that they've really had no control over the party, none. This is why you see the, the Mitt Romneys and the Paul Ryans and, and all these, they, they just essentially throw their hands up flat out, uh, just in total defiance of what the actual members, the actual people, the actual Americans who are the Republican Party uh, in defiance of what they want. And we, we, here's how we can recognize that they believe Nikki Haley is the answer to getting control back. And it's because the reasons that we're beginning to see formulate as to why Nikki Haley could be the best choice are the same reasons that Republicans were told that John McCain was the best choice. And the Republican Party telling Republican voters that Mitt Romney was the best choice and the same reason the party told the republican voters that jeb bush was the choice they're now telling us that nikki haley is the choice so they're back in action and what we're just hearing it's it's the the, the, the same rationale the same reasons that voters are being told, here's why you need to listen to us and choose this person are the same reasons they've told us over and over again. And Trump, of course, derailed all of that because when Trump, you know, you may recall Trump, we were told, was the only one who couldn't win. Voting for Trump uh, in a primary and giving him the nomination would uh, be a vote for Hillary Clinton for president. There were a number of elected Republicans who said that they didn't know if they'd even vote for him if he got the nomination. And this was all based around this premise that, you know, Trump is too extreme. He wasn't moderate. We had to have somebody that could reach across the aisle. And the voters rejected that. They did not listen to them. With Nikki Haley, where all of these oldies but goodies are coming back. Fox News has a story. Fox News, of course, with its association of former Speaker Paul Ryan and vice presidential candidate with Mitt Romney. Is Haley the GOP's best bet in the general election? It depends on three numbers. And, you know, it goes through a a. a Breakdown of numbers and now what Trump supporters would do in this scenario and that scenario. But where we see the establishment is in like this Fox News story. Number one, how many moderates, independents and crossover voters would Haley win? The journals poll in the latest to show Haley with a lead in a general matchup with Biden. Haley leads Biden by six points. CNN poll days later, Marquette tested the matchup. Haley had 41 to Biden's 38. When Marquette included voters who said they were leaning towards either candidate, Haley took a 10-point lead and a clear majority. According to a Fox News poll, Haley had an 11-point lead in mid-November and a majority in a matchup with the incumbent president, former president taking 52 with Biden trailing 41 moderates who prefer Biden over Trump by 5 points back Haley over Biden by 12 points independents who prefer Trump over Biden by 16 and back Haley over Biden by 43 points and so what what we're seeing here is yes sure Trump's popular but oh Nikki Haley gets the moderates Nikki Haley. See here, here we go again. This is the same pitch that we heard for John McCain, the same pitch for Mitt Romney, the same pitch for Jeb Bush. We have to have somebody that's moderate. We have to have somebody that will not alienate independent voters. We have to have somebody that 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 Democrats might cross over and support. Now, the the problem that exists with this approach is that it is to the people who support Trump, a massive red flag that this is the person not to, that's, I tell you the message it sends to me. When you have these consultants, when you have the people like Paul Ryan uh last week there were reports that he was sending out text messages to republican members of congress that are influential telling them that sh- they should come out publicly black- back Nikki Haley you know when you see the establishment that uh, and i'm telling you it's it's solidifying around her and i suspect what's going to happen is they are going to be smart enough to look beyond trump and I think they are going to get behind her, and they, 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 as delusional as they are, I think some of them recognize that that's not going to be enough to win Trump voters over. But they are going to prime her and and prepare her to take back the Republican Party once Trump is gone, because I do not believe they want DeSantis in power, though they don't hate him to the degree that they hate Trump. DeSantis has signaled and demonstrated that he is not nearly establishment as somebody like Nikki Haley, and I believe they see her as the the golden ticket to get back in charge. And we're going to start seeing the solidification. We're going to start hearing all of these these um, arguments that they believe are appealing two people and that is about how she's moderate and can reach across the aisle and they're going to use abortions or issues like abortion and talk about how she has the republican position that is appealing to pro-life while at the same time not so extreme as to alienate some pro-choice voters and the the media is going to play into this to some degree you have sununu Coming out and supporting and endorsing her and the, the, I'm going to use a comparison. The, the, the conflict here is similar to the conflict that the Democrats are having trying to balance the pro Hamas terrorist Democrats and Americans that are supportive of Israel and the Jewish people not being eliminated, right? It's a scenario where you can't really have it both ways. And it's because you have fundamentally this fundamental conflict between those two sides. And with Republican voters, there is a fundamental conflict between Trump and his approach and the Republican establishment approach. And it, that means it's going to be very, very difficult for them. So Nikki Haley, this is the problem she has right now. The more of this establishment she gets, the less likely she is going to get any support from people who are tired of the establishment. How long-term Trump is gone if somehow DeSantis is no longer relevant in this, then they could, in fact, be successful with this. My concern is they will be because do we really want another Mitt Romney? Do we really? I mean, look at what these people have done. Look at John McCain single-handedly saved Obamacare. John McCain is the one who started shopping around uh, and was trying to get this fake Russian dossier into the hands of the media and so forth. I mean, Mitt Romney uh, has done everything he could or did everything he could to move along impeachment of Donald Trump while doing everything he can to protect Biden from impeachment. And these are people that consistently demonstrate disgust for Republican voters when it comes down to it and betray Republican voters when it comes to what they claim Republican values are. I'd rather lose with somebody like Trump than win with somebody like Haley. Now, when it actually comes down to the ballot box, you're talking about a much starker reality to deal with. And I recognize that. Let me put it this way. Sometimes, maybe it's not a rather, but it's a recognition that neither option is good. One is just less bad, genuinely and truly. And I'll tell you this, in my belief and my assessment, while arguably even Trump, uh, our our country and the establishments have become so absolutely corrupt, these institutions like the FBI, the IRS, the CIA, the Department of Justice are so corrupt, it doesn't really even matter who becomes president, that even Trump is not going to be able to fix that problem. I I I'm I, I'm not saying that I believe that is the case, but I think that it is definitely something that even Trump supporters have to recognize as a possibility. But what I do know is that if somebody, in my assessment, somebody like Nikki Haley becomes president, forget about it. There will there will not be even any attempt, because Nikki Haley to me is the type. That will have no problem whatsoever believing that January 6ers belong where, exactly where they are. And that anyone who has any concerns about election integrity are QAnon supporters that should be ignored. And they're on the fringe. That's what I get from somebody like Nikki Haley. And she could pre- prove me wrong for the sake of the country. Should she get in power? I hope so. But this, again, is a woman who has said one of the first things that she would do as president... Is force Americans to reveal their true identity if they want to exercise free speech on the internet. And that's pretty totalitarian. Springfield's Talk 1041, I'm Nick Reap. And Sarah Meyer. Thank you. Well, a vehicle.
1: Is one of the larger investments that you will make. And so whenever you're in the market for a new one, it's kind of important to make the right choice. And if you have a couple of options that you're interested in, I recommend Avis, the car rental company, and their long-term rental program. Now the long-term rental is a great option. Like I said, if you have a couple of vehicles that you're interested in, but you want to do a longer test drive than what you get at the dealership of uh, this program, it allows you to get into a vehicle and actually use it in your everyday life. Now, I know that in the past when I've purchased vehicles, after a couple of months, there were certain things that I just didn't like about it, but I didn't realize it until I was driving it every day. And I think that happens quite a bit. Uh, But the long-term rental program, it allows you to drive brand new vehicles, top tier trim packages, and it allows you to swap out vehicles every couple of months if you wish to do so. Now, if you want more information on the long-term rental program, Swing by Avis. Uh, It's located off of Fort and Sunshine here in Springfield, or you can find all of the contact information for. Avis under the Sarah's endorsements tab at ksgf.com.
0: Joe Biden posted a video that's getting some buzz because it's supposed to it's supposed to be I, I as I understand it a video commemorating the White House's recognition of Christmas and it's just it's weird. It's a dance troupe and they're tap dancing through Christmas decorations of the White House and. It just, uh, it's just kind of, it, it's it's weird. Now, it's the sort of thing, if you were to walk into some sort of liberal college um, feminist left-wing group theater troupe thing, and you, you know, it wouldn't seem unusual necessarily. Not that it's overtly liberal or anything, but I, it's just, if you watch it, it I don't know. Sometimes things you just think that's kind of weird. And it's one of those. I recall earlier this year, there was an event at the White House where you had Jill and Joe and it was commemorating something to do with Islam. And in that, they they spoke from the White House about, in a very um, respectful and so, almost solemn manner the importance of Islam to this country and and it was it was all about Islam because it was an Islamic holiday. We even saw as much as this administration fuels anti-Semitism the attempt, to put a respectful face on recognition of the Holocaust. This was with Kamala's husband. And of course he, I didn't even realize it, but apparently he is Jewish. And he made such a train wreck of what he claimed the Holocaust, or what uh, Hanukkah, not Holocaust, but what Hanukkah was about that he had to delete it and put it back up. And so there was a lot of mockery, but there was at least an attempt to, present their recognition of Hanukkah in, in respect of of Judaism. Isn't it interesting? However, that this white house, when it comes to a Christian holiday, seems to eliminate everything regarding Christianity and instead make it some sort of cartoonish theater show. But when it's other religions, we hear about the importance of that religion and it's presented in a solemn, uh, uh, way and and we're told about how important that religion is to the history of this country but here's Christmas recognizing the birth of Christ and it's played off like it is a middle school play I think that that tells us something tomorrow morning scramblers it's a first responders breakfast if you are a first responder come by get yourself a free breakfast that thanks to scramblers farmer uh, uh, I got the Barker's frame and collision (laughs) was getting it mixed in my head. And then uh, Pyramid Roofing Company. So a big thank you to all of those folks making it possible. And that is tomorrow morning for first responders. Well, the uh, party of the Klan and slavery, the Democrat Party, is once again demonstrating its pure racism. And this is where the Boston mayor, her office, reportedly mistakenly sent an email invite for a holiday party for city council officials that were not white. It was specifically meant for non-white individuals. They apologized not for being racist, but for accidentally sending the invite to white people. Racism is racism. It's never virtuous. It's just as wrong today. When the Democrats express it as it was any other generation, they've done so in the past. See you at Scramblers tomorrow. I'm Nick Reed.